There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to episode five of Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Sean Fangirlas. And I'm Steve, and tonight we'll be discussing episodes one and two of The Magicians. I am so excited. I'm going to tell you first that I watched the first episode. We've talked about it before. Mm. When it was on after, oh, what was it, The Expanse, back in December, which wasn't that long ago. But I've just been, like, chomping at the bit for the second episode. (laughs) So I'm so excited that it's here. And, as always, Steve has managed to find news for us. Yes, uh, this article is from the website Collider, uh, based on Lynn Grossman's best-selling novels, the sci-fi series The Magician centers on Quentin Coldwater, played by Jason Ralph, a brilliant grad student chosen to attend Brakebill's College for Magical Prodigies, a secret upstate New York University specializing in magic. He and his friends' classmates soon discover that the magical fantasy world that they read about as children is all too real, and the dark and dangerous side of magic poses a grave danger to humanity. It's so exciting. (laughs) While at the TCA press tour, executive producers Sarah Gamble and Michael London spoke to Collider, which for some reason I keep calling Colander, about their new fantasy drama series. During the interviews, they talked about what drew them to the magicians, why it's important to center the story with characters versus the spectacle of it all, drawing from books one and two for season one, not trying to top Harry Potter, expanding smaller moments from the books, assembling this cast, not shying away from the more intense material in the story. Ooh, I think we know what that means. <laughs> and having seasonal arcs to carry them through six seasons. What? Six seasons? They've got outlines for six seasons. Fangirl squee! <laughs> we, we've compiled a list of 20 things that you should know about the magicians. Now, Sean and I are not going to cover all 20 of these items, so... If you want to know what the rest of the article says, you'll have to go to Collider.com and look it up. <laughs> this is awesome. They were drawn to the magicians because there's nothing like it on TV. It's the fun of magic and fantasy tied to characters that are struggling with real things. It's two different things that are on TV, but not together. Executive producer Michael London has been trying to bring the magicians to TV viewers for a few years now with the previous version set up at Fox. The first version of the script was all spectacle. It was all fillery with these giant Game of Thrones fantasy sequences. Hmm. Executive producer and writer Sarah Gamble came to the show with the idea of how to ground it in character. 
so that the magic is cool and interesting to watch, but the human stakes are what drives it. All the spectacle in the world doesn't help if you don't care about these characters. The priority is always with figuring out the story that they're trying to tell about these people, and then all the magic is the icing on the cake. I am so excited that they went this way. Yes, much better approach. <laughs> you know what? I'm feeling like sci-fi is going to give it a better chance. And depending on how long ago they were trying to set it up with Fox, it may not have done very well. Right. I don't think it would have. I think it's all with the timing, of course, with as with everything. Yes. And um, I feel like with sci-fi's lineup, and the way they've presented this so far, that this is going to be a really good fit. Like, I agree. Yeah. And I can see it possibly going for five or six seasons. Holy crap, I can't believe it. I'm like, six seasons? <laughs> <laughs> That's exciting. And with any luck, sci-fi will let it go, so it comes to a conclusion. And I have to ask, because I did not fire up my Google machine. How many books are in this, do you know? Or shall I fire up the Google machine? Yeah, fire up the Google machine. <laughs> um, I was actually looking... Oh, gosh, what was it? Um, the Expanse books. Quentin's kind of Quentin's story, and season two is Julia's story, so they've kind of combined those into this first season. So oh. there's got to be more than two books. Okay, well, there looks to be quite a few. Yeah. Kind of uh, the Hobbit tale, maybe. <laughs> More like the on uh, the increasingly inaccurate tr Hitchhiker's Guide trilogy. Oh, is that how I feel? <laughs> <laughs> which I love those books. Um, I don't even know how many because it's not popping up in order for me, real quick. But I think there's at least five, if not more. Okay. Well, see, because I have three, and then I have like the Codex, and they have other ones that are kind of mixed in here so i'm not sure i'm saying four to five which is a lot of books which i like books are good read more books people read more books have you read any of them no these are these have i have not touched yet i am definitely looking for these when i hit the bookstore next or kobo you know online works too right whichever one i can get to first is basically what it's going to end up um if anybody out there has read the books and want to tell us so far how you feel it's translating even if just the broad strokes fangirls on podcast at gmail.com because we want to know i want to know is it worth reading i'm hoping it is because i love books so help us out give us some info people all right so we are going to dive into episode one entitled unauthorized magic a smart, geeky, and socially awkward young man is amazed to realize that magic he's so passionate about is actually real when he's unexpectedly invited to attend a college in, of magic in New York. Now, I just want to put this out there because tons and tons and tons of people, I'm included in this, have read the Harry Potter books. And you always got to figure there's going to be magic in more than just one country. So I like that this is actually in, you know, the U.S. It's in New York. It's a little more tangible i guess is the word i'm looking for sure because i totally believe in magic because otherwise life can be so boring <laughs> <sighs> even in the everyday magic you know i look at it that way so why not you have to believe in something fun and different and not just depressing so i'll go with magic so we have quentin who 
He is in love with a book series called Fillory that features adventures of British siblings, which again, yeah. <laughs> in a magical realm, which there's five books. He's talked about it. He's collected them. Even first editions. Yes, which I'm very impressed with because, again, books. But we find out, like, when we start the first episode, he's in an, an asylum, I guess. Yeah. He had checked yeah. himself in because... Apparently, that's what people do. And he was just kind of bored, I guess is the best way to say it. Because when he was talking to the therapist, I don't really know all the correct terminology because I'm not sure exactly where he was supposed to be. Sorry. You know, she's like, well, you thought it was all pointless. And then later we find out that it's because he was actually, like, bored with what's going on and he wasn't really grasping everything because he felt like something was missing but it was all subconscious so it's kind of interesting how it all plays together like going even back to the beginning because you would think okay they're not even going to touch on that again oh but they do yeah so i i appreciate that they're kind of closing you know little arcs throughout the story so we have quentin who i'm sorry i hate the hair we need haircut (laughs) bonds ah He's crazy. So he goes and he's talking to his friend, his friend Julia, who she is trying to tell him how he's going to be great. And he's going for a, oh my gosh, help me out here. Was it a doctorate that he was going for like a, a not an apprenticeship? Why can't I think of what an internship for? Right. Is that what it was? Because I couldn't remember because yes. I'm like, like I said, I seen this one actually in December because I'd gotten home from work just in time for the second episode this week. And the guy he goes to talk to is dead. I was like, holy crap, what is happening right away? You know, this poor kid has just gotten out of an asylum. And the first place he goes, the guy's dead. It's like, oh, wow. Okay. Um, so sees the clock that it recognizes from the book. Which is amazing in, in this world. Was it the clock that was just, oh, God, why can't I use words? <laughs> well, the clock was the doorway that the uh, two kids from the story yes. used to get into the uh, magical other realm. realm. But was it supposed to be a hint at that time to him to try to trigger something in his head? Like Oh, definitely. Because yeah, it was put there for a reason by the college. And I just kept thinking, okay, is this actually very Narnia-esque, where it's like, oh, he goes through this and he ends up somewhere? You know, Was this reality emulating the books or vice versa? Which, again, we find out more later. But he is given a sixth manuscript from these books that it's not even supposed to exist. Yes. And I thought he was going to completely lose <laughs> his shit. <laughs> Sorry. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's even a... A huger, God, I can't use words, a bigger fine than, you know, first editions. Yes. Because it's never been published. And I can just see him. He's just, like, so excited. And you feel bad. And and you can tell he feels bad that he's so excited about this when there's a guy dead right there. But he gets all, like, into the book. You know, he's walking away. And next, you know, his friend Julia is walking another way, going home. And somehow they end up on you know, a university campus when they were in the middle of New York or Manhattan yeah. or New wherever. New York City, and all of a sudden they're an upstate on a nice, pretty college campus. Right, and I'm like... Via two different 
Yes, two ways. very different yeah. ways, yeah. Because Julia ended up going into her building, wasn't it? Yeah, into her apartment building, going up the elevator. And, and yeah, Quentin is just walking down the street and is chasing a, a piece well, of the manuscript. As he's reading the, the cover sheet of the book, blows off, and it leads him right to the path to get to the college. A garden path, mind you. Yeah, but a real spooky garden path. It was. I'd have probably been like, ugh, how much is this worth without that page? That's probably what I would have been thinking at that point. But, yeah, they go in, and, and it's like all of a sudden being completely unprepared for, you know, your final exam. It's like, have a seat, we're having a test, nobody talk to each other. And I was just watching it, and and as I'm watching it, I was kind of confused because everything kept changing on the screen. It finally dawns on me, it's not in his head, like at first since he was, you know, kind of trying to tuck himself away. I'm like, maybe this is actually happening in his head, all this exam, because as it's changing, all of a sudden, he's like, oh, I know this. And I'm like, all right, I'm thinking they're showing us what he's seeing as in like he's losing his mind and we're seeing this <laughs> and somehow this was actually an exam he was supposed to be at and it turns out that no this is actually some kind of entrance exam to break bills university and obviously if you didn't understand it you weren't getting in and unfortunately he does see his friend julia at the end when they're turning it in and she ends up not passing but he doesn't know that at the time no it's really exciting, and I know this sounds horrible, because you have these two different paths happening, and I was not sure what was going to happen, because I kind of felt like he was such an outsider that him thinking he knew what was happening would actually just be him completely wrong. Right. Yeah, because you get, you know, from the opening, after the scene with the therapist, they cut to a scene in in an apartment where there's a <clears throat> fairly large party going on and you see Quentin just oogling over this one young lady in <laughs> short jean shorts and a uh, unicorn top but he's just sitting there just not approaching her or anything and he finally you know gets up and goes into his room and shuts the door and he starts, starts reading to the read books his book <laughs> and Julia comes in and basically says, you aren't going to get anywhere in life like holding yourself up. So kind of figured that both, you know, at first I thought Julia might have been a sister. Mm -hmm. But apparently, no, this, they're just best friends and that they were very much into the Fillory book until Julia kind of found a boyfriend and kind of moved away from that relationship with Quentin as far as being, you know, all gung-ho into the book. So she seems to be a little more well-adjusted than Quentin to social life. Mm -hmm. That doesn't last long. No. Because uh, when she finds out she didn't get accepted, she went down a very dark rabbit hole. Yes. I don't understand. Okay, when they don't pass, they basically wipe the people's minds so they don't remember any of this has happened. Which makes sense, because otherwise you're going to constantly be beating yourself up. Well, somehow Julia manages to keep remembering because she cut her arm. Right. And the only way she can keep remembering is by repeatedly cutting her arm, which seems really strange. But then we see her later that she's been able to learn some magic somehow. And this is what I don't understand. 
I mean, I know they explain that some people are like more natural at it and can pick things up, but she seemed to be very book smart. And the fact that she didn't have anything to be able to learn from, I didn't quite understand how she is learning anything. Well, she did say that she did find a few spell books and finally got some to work. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because she was searching stuff on the internet and mm-hmm. was throwing a bunch of stuff out. And yes, yes, yes. I remember now. Quentin does actual magic to for his like final final ent- entrance entrance exam. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> when the headmaster says, "Do some damn magic." <laughs> right, because I think at this point he's still like, I don't know what's going on here. I think no. y'all kooks, <laughs> but. Um, like somehow like the cards go flying and kind of cyclone around them and then I'll end up back. And I love it. Quentin's like, holy crap, I did do magic. <laughs> um, and then passes out. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, if all your life you believed in these books, you know, if all your life you believed in Harry Potter, for example, and suddenly your, your child got an acceptance letter via owl to your house <laughs> I think you'd probably have the same kind of reaction oh yeah I agree with you there <laughs> yeah so but we have all this stuff happening and and we're kind of fast forwarding a little that yes. Quinton is learning what's happening he's being told you know uh, there's different types of magic which is you know understandable there's not going to be just one type I guess right you have to have multiple but he has the guy who took him to his exam as almost like a big brother trying yeah. to explain everything to him. And when he talks about an entire third-year class went away as a group and only four came back and nobody says why, they just don't talk about it because there's only four people left and they're trying not to die. I think right there I'd have been like, um, wait a minute, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> got a question <laughs> but i do like uh and why i can't think of his name elliot elliot, elliot yeah, yes elliot. and then there's the other girl who's with elliot all the time kind of hanging out which i don't think they're together they're just really good friends which is yeah, margo uh, yeah elliot is doesn't go that way mm-hmm. he uh they're all hanging out and they're um margo says stay on the garden path and this is something that's been in the fillery books and he keeps having dreams that are connected to the fillery books. And that's why I'm like, okay, we have the clock, we have the books, we have the new manuscript. We have him dreaming about things at break bills. And then all of a sudden he is dreaming, or is he dreaming? Exactly. About the character, the little girl from the books. And she's telling him that if he stays on the garden path, he's going to die. And all of a sudden then he's back at break bills and you know all this weird stuff is happening it's like you have him going back from break bills into the book world of fillery and kind of back and forth and he doesn't understand what is going on and right now we don't have a clue what's going on either no no because he was in the library studying he senses something he goes to the door he opens it and he's in the realm but after she's puts his hand through the rock yeah. He becomes conscious again back in his seat where he was. So it's not, not, you know, he didn't even get up. That's why it's so weird. It's like, okay, what is this supposed to be? Or is it supposed to be, 
which I'm going on this route again from some other shows that we've done recently, is it's supposed to be different realms, and they're starting to overlap, and, like, something's happening, and they're leaking into each other. Kind of, I guess, kind of like how they did um, Tomorrowland, mm-hmm. which I didn't see. I just know from the previews. But are they leaking in where stuff can happen in one and affecting the other, but unless you're actually aware of what's going on, you're not noticing it? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, because yes, I don't... I, I do. just saying it out loud. It sounds weird. <laughs> no, you're you're absolutely right. I believe the the realm that Fillory is in and the Beast is... The Beast. Oh, we're getting crossing <laughs> our plane of existence again. Okay. Because we do have the Dean in the very beginning. He's like, we have to teach them, you know, things are happening. Mm-hmm. But it was just very uh, cryptic. Ambiguous. Yeah, I'm like, what's the right word here? So we have Julia now. And her path has turned a little different. Like you said, she went down a very dark rabbit hole. So you want to talk a little bit about her? Well, yeah, she gets real dark. I mean, and you, you hardly even recognize her. I was going to say, they made it a physical transformation for Yes, her. they really did. And it was utterly fantastic what they did to her. And fortunately, you know, her boyfriend somehow finds a way to call Quentin at the college. Right, because they don't get any, like, signal up there. Technology doesn't work so well. There's actually a payphone. Right. I know, boys and girls. Now, I guess you don't know what that is. When he <laughs> called, tried to call Julia and left a message but then didn't, you know, deleted it. I guess the caller ID showed up on her phone, and so her boyfriend was able to determine what number to call to try to get a hold of it. And it's her birthday, and he wants Quentin there to try to bring her out of her phone. Mm-hmm. And with being as awkward as Quentin is socially, he's not real good at saying anything that might <laughs> help boost her up. I mean, <laughs> You know, she's going, I know magic exists, and on and on and on. It's not fair. they got to give me a second chance. You've got to convince them. And well, I thought it was interesting, too, that, um, oh, look that fast. I forgot their names. Elliot and Margo, they're like, well, you can't get back here. You don't know how. So we have right. to go with you. you got to take us. <laughs> and I wonder how true it is. Is it because he's a like, first year? You know, he doesn't know how to come and go? I would think so. I thought that was kind of interesting. I'm like, wait, so once you're there, you're, like, trapped forever? That kind of sucks. No, you just got to know how, know the path. And, uh, of course, Quentin just being there, he's not going to know the path. So. True. Um, and I was kind of, I felt sorry for Julia at this point, though. Oh, yeah. Because when Quentin says no, it's because he doesn't want to get kicked out of school. It's not, yeah. not because he didn't want to help her, but... Like, he didn't even ask Elliot and Margo, like, hey, is there anything we can do to help her? Nope. Yeah, I felt so bad. And so then she's all like, yay, it's my birthday, I'm going to the bathroom. It's like, damn, I felt bad. And then you go, oh, crap, what's happening? Right, because then you feel really bad. You, you want me to... buttons start popping off her blouse... Yeah, I didn't know what that was about at first. I'm like, okay, what are somebody like shrinking her shirt? I thinking it was going to be, you know, like uh, one of Quentin's friends or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of Elliot's friends. Yeah, sorry. But not so much. We have her... Okay, 
I'll be honest. It was it was very tense watching the scene. Oh yeah. Because I Did didn't you... know what was going to happen. Right. And I thought it was going to end up being a, a sexual assault because that's what right. they were leading it up to. Oh yeah. She got her hands tied to the old uh, heater with her shirt. Right. I was just afraid of what was happening. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, it wasn't that. It wasn't what we thought. Yes. Because this guy who, of course, has me worried because I'm like, all right, I feel like he's going to be kind of (laughs) skeezy, says there's a way to magic and it doesn't have to just be through, you know, the school. And so, of course, she's intrigued because she doesn't know what else to do because she doesn't want to let go of the magic. Right. And she does break free using some magic that she has learned, which is enough to impress the guy into... uh, Taking her to a secret hideout. The anti-break bills. <laughs> yeah. Because that was the well, we most know. anti-school looking place. Right. Yeah. It was a abandoned meat factory. Right. <laughs> meat packing place. I'm like, okay, this does not look like any kind of school. This looks like shady, you know, back alley. Yeah, yeah, I dropped out, but I can teach you what I know. So we do have Quentin, though, who is... Got that burn still. And uh, another girl seen his hand. And she's, of course, super smart and knows all this. But we find out she knows everything because her family has basically all been magicians. Mm -hmm. We do find out things later that it wasn't all, you know, tea and crumpets. Because she didn't really learn anything from them. But she sees his hand. She has a book or has seen it on a book, right? Right. And she's like, I need your help. And it's like flipping out. So she gets him to come help her because she said if he helps her, she'll help him with school. Right. Because he feels like he's falling behind. Where He's always been able to get everything quickly, but obviously this is something completely different. Not something you can study every aspect of. You have to have natural ability. So she's going to help him. He's going to help her. Because he just wants to get through this. And they start doing a spell. It turns out that they need four people. Yes. And so two other people who were what, Penny. Penny, his roommate. He was kind of douchey. <laughs> he was. He just, I, I'm going to move past that. And his booty call, Katie. <laughs> you can't really say they were dating. I mean, they were having magical oh, no. sex I mean, over the sex bed. Immediately, yeah. That's, uh, Which they no. were floating. Hmm, we've seen that recently. Yeah. Only we've seen zero-G sex. Yeah. So now we've seen magic sex. Yes. So, yeah, because she's like pushing herself off the ceiling. Interesting. Yes. Um, <laughs> so they do a spell, and they're like, okay. Because Alice wants to find her brother who died at break mills. Now... I have a question for you right here. I'm going to stop. Did they officially say her brother died or disappeared? Because I thought they said he disappeared and they assume he died. I might have to rewatch just so I know. Because I thought that's why she's trying to contact him because she doesn't know what happened. Because nobody would talk about it. Yeah, she, you know, that could have been part of the third year group that, that did disappear. Oh, I didn't even think he might be part of the third year. I'm going to have to rewatch the first episode now. Dang it. I don't remember yeah, at all. It, her brother died at break bills. Okay. He did die. All right. But there was no explanation as to why. Hmm. So 
They're trying to contact him. Nothing seems to work. Next day, they're in class, and time stopped, except for our four people. Because it seemed to only be the four. They couldn't move. Quinton could. Right. But he stopped himself completely because he's seen everybody else wasn't moving. So obviously when stuff like that goes down, you're like, all right, I need to not stand out. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't know what's going down. Um, so they're at least able to move their eyes, if not move their whole body. And some man comes out of the mirror, yes. which seemed like an odd place just to have a mirror in the corner of this big standing mirror. Maybe it's some weird magic thing. I don't know. And what the... He's got, like, all these moths and butterflies or whatever around his face, so you could never see his face. Face, yeah. Which, right there, I'm like, oh, it's so freaky. Yeah, that was intensely strange. <laughs> yes, but it was a really cool effect. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the dean is teaching the... No, te- he's not teaching the class. He shows up in class. Yes? Right. Okay. Um, and, of course, he's trying to stop. He calls him the Beast. I'm immediately thinking that um, Alice's brother, something really bad happened, and this is him. Like, he went dark side or something. Okay. Interesting thought. And that's why he was there. But when he plucks out the Dean's eyes, kind of messed up. <laughs> Just a little. <laughs> yeah. And then Quinton was, like, twirling a... Um, What's it called? A coin. Right. And ends up dropping it because he was a little freaked out. And he couldn't really move all of his body. But like I said, he was able to move more than most people. Right. And so all of a sudden the beast walks over and he's like, oh, there you are. And it's like, wait, he knows because he says his name. Yes. And I'm freaking out because I'm like, why does he know him? What is going on? <laughs> And obviously, this is something that we're going to be learning as the story progresses. Right. Or if I read the books. So whichever comes first, <laughs> which I'm sure the story is going to you know, progress quicker than I'm going to finish these, you know, buy these books and finish them. But I'm, oh, I thought it was such a good episode. And it wasn't, obviously, when, when you're thinking, oh, magic school, everybody automatically, because what we have so far has been Harry Potter. Right. But it's not little kids. It's older. Right. Yeah, they are older this time. So I, I like that they went that route with this, which I'm going to applaud the authors now, because obviously, you know, this was written a little while back, not too far back. But having break builds as a university where you've you've gone through regular school, you've proven yourself in regular school, you you've grown up, and this is like when you're at doctorate level, I think it was, it's better because it's not just like, I can forget everything else. I don't need to know how to do math. <laughs> <laughs> Still don't use geometry, but that's me or algebra. <laughs> but um, That's because my career path. I'm really liking the way that they, they started this and the way they presented break bills. Right. <sighs> anything else you want to talk about with episode one that I basically rattled and took the whole time? Not really. Um, it's nice to see that none of the students seem to have a full grasp of their abilities and are still going through the trials and tribulations of becoming an adult. Okay. I think that's going to play into this whole story 
quite a bit, mm-hmm. and will be interesting to see how each of them grows as the story progresses. And hopefully we will be seeing more. I mean, I know we're getting Quentin and Julia, but I really like the characters that are around, well, at least around Quentin so far. I'm not sure about the little skeezy guy around Julia. <laughs> we'll find out more. Yeah. Okay. All right. Episode two was entitled The Source of Magic. Quentin is distraught as he faces expulsion for his involvement in an otherworldly attack on Breakbell. While Ju- Julia delves deeper into underground magic and takes a test to prove herself to the hedge witches. Eee. Yeah, Quentin is more than distraught. Yeah. <laughs> well, distraught is light, lightly. He was paranoid as hell about getting caught. They try to do everything they can not to, but before they can actually even get their stories straight, they are already busted. Well, that was him and Alice because... Oh, crap. I forgot his name. Penny. Penny. Like I said, he's just a jerk. (laughs) And he is just trying to, like, save himself, basically. Right. But somehow he ends up getting a pass for the two girls, too. Mm Mm-hmm. And blames it all on Quentin, which, I'm sorry, but I don't see Quentin being, you know, the mastermind here. He's like, no, he didn't wasn't. know anything happened. No, Alice that was the mastermind. Right. But I, I'm kind of surprised that right away they're like, oh, okay, it's him. Off you go. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just didn't like him. So what do you think, What are what's your theories about the Beast? I kind of get the feeling it's almost very similar to another show that we watch and enjoy. The uh, <laughs> There's so many. Yeah, the uh, the bad guy on Librarians this year. Oh, yeah, yeah. He wants to take over the world. I kind of have a feeling that the Beast agenda is he's, he wants to completely escape the realm he's in mm-hmm. and basically is going for world domination. So why do you think he's so interested in Quentin? I think there's some prophecy that we have yet to discover, which was probably in that sixth book that hadn't been published, which basically tells the story of a person who does end up destroying the beat. And he wants to get to that person before that person gets strong enough to do it. Okay. Because he was pushed out of this realm currently by the four of them. So the question is, is it because... Those are the four that kind of let him in. Could these be the four that are needed to defeat him? I kind of think that's where we're headed. Okay. But it was interesting because we have Penny talking to Katie because he's like, I'm out of here. This sucks. And he's saying that all his life he's heard a voice and he thinks it's the beast. Yeah. Now, right away when they were first saying the beast, I wasn't clicking that it was the guy with the moth face basically (laughs) i was thinking he meant like the devil or something yeah monster right and i think it's interesting that it's kind of in their world without all of them knowing you know what the mythos of the beast is right right but some people know what the mythos is yes because somehow um quentin's putting together little pieces but even in this magic realm, people aren't necessarily believing him. Right. Because he's, like, trying to explain it to Alice that, well, maybe Fillory is real, and that's what the other realm is. And she's looking at him like he's off his rocker. Right. Like, <laughs> like he belongs in the asylum again. Right. It's like, hello, we're doing freaking magic here. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't it be possible for Fillory to exist in another realm? Mm-hmm. 
Because he shows her, which is funny, because he's like, is there any, anywhere to watch a movie? Right. And it's funny because in this book I'm reading, too, like, um, electronics have a hard time working around um, the wizards that are in the book that I'm reading. Right. So I think it's funny because that was, it's been almost a constant with, like, these magic movies that I've been watching, like, or books, too, that it's like, there's no electronics used so it's like it was in a storeroom in the back it was like a little tiny tv that somehow they're playing like this movie on right and it was all about the author of fillery explaining you know that he based the the characters on the kids next door and then just like in the book the one disappeared then the other right but i love that still she's like maybe but not really believing him no no she her focus is on trying to contact her brother to find out what happened. I'm just really hoping her brother isn't somehow connected to the beast. Right. Let's hope not. But he might be. Yeah, he might be. All right. So where are we going next, Steve? Well, it's was real interesting that, you know, Clinton talks to Elliot and does, you know, doesn't want to get wiped and wants to try to figure out a way you know Julia remembered so how can I remember and of course Elliot's sympathetic but kind of not <laughs> he does share some information though yes he does that apparently you know some people's magic takes on different time frames of when they they come into it right and he shares it he found out he was uh was it tele telekinetic because a guy who had been bullying him repeatedly um was coming at him and he ended up killing him because he but see i was kind of confused like he thought him in front of the bus is that what it was yeah he just had that brief thought of that kid being in front of the bus, and all of a sudden he was. That, that was like, it's sad, because you think, you know, it's him as a kid, and he had to live with this. And how long before he knew he actually had magic, and that's what he can do? Right. It made me a little sad. <laughs> it was a bit of an emotional roller coaster, because I was kind of creeped out in part of this, too. Yes. <laughs> Which you go right ahead and talk about. <laughs> well, we we find out that he goes in and apparently there's the person who was supposed to wipe him was injured and unavailable, so he goes in and to see the the substitute wiper. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. We'll just go with that. That was the strangest yeah, okay. Strangest comment ever, Steve. Of course. <laughs> Who just happens to be the EMT at the um, building where he gets the book and finds the old man dead. Mm-hmm. And basically she has a nice little talk with him without really telling him anything. Of course. But decides that 
she is not going to wipe him and that he's actually going to get to stay. Which I thought was great, and then I thought, oh, crap. <laughs> that means something's up. Yeah. And, and that- we see her go talk to the dean, and... Yeah, they're very concerned that all hell's going to break loose and nobody's ready and they aren't going to be able to handle it and all of humanity will be destroyed. And it can't be. I mean, you know, better things have to happen. Right. Yeah, you get a feel of betray um, you in... Um, Never-ending story. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I was trying to figure out who that the the woman was too. Right. Um, her name is Esbe Bianco. Bianco, sorry, I think that's her. She played Roz on Game of Thrones. Oh. That's why I'm looking at her going. Why do I know your face? <laughs> um. So yeah, there you go. We have our Game of Thrones crossover. I swear, everything's like. Two degrees of Game of Thrones. Yes. <laughs> now, Julia's story was... Wholly I guess different. it wasn't as life or death... Well, yeah, I can't even say it was, wasn't as life or death, because it actually was. She ends up going in with Swarmy Guy and <laughs> meeting the rest of this underground... The Hedge Witches... And they kind of play it off as this other girl is real new like she is, and he wants to go show him something, and of course takes him to the meat lo- old meat locker. They go in, and he locks him in. Of course. Of course. And I guess this is their test to see whether she's smart enough and to get out, I guess. Well, it was multiple parts, really. I mean, they had to learn yeah. how to not freeze because it was still a deep freezer, which you're not supposed to be in for any length of time. <laughs> no. And, yeah, if you can get out, whether it's with, well, her and the other Magic girl. or otherwise. <laughs> right, like practical or magic. And, again, I'm like, okay, she doesn't know anything. You're just recruiting her. Right. And so how are you going to figure it out? But they left everything in there that they would need. So I thought that was interesting. And they also left a dead body in there. <laughs> Which next thing we know, said dead body, doesn't seem so dead anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, holy crap, we crossed over into Walking Dead. What just happened? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now we got zombies. <laughs> it was creepy. Ugh. Probably because it wasn't, like, bloody dead. It was, like, a medical school cadaver. I think that's right. what it said on there. But all of a sudden it gets up and it's coming. I'm like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was freaking out a little bit. And talking to both of them, like, he knew them. Right. That was, it's like, really? What the heck is that? So, of course, she's going to, you know, get the information and find the spell and everything. 
But the other girl, the whole time was like, oh yeah, we can do this. Okay, we can do this, this. And then when they had, and this guy kind of got me too. Because they needed part for the spell, what, animal fat? Yeah, it was supposed to be, I think it was deer. But of course there wasn't any deer. The only fat there would have been. Was on the corpse. Yeah, because not like those girls could have, you know, given their, their, what is it, the pound of flesh. Because they didn't really have a whole lot to them. Right. So that, yeah, and you had the other girl like, oh, I'm going to puke. You got to do it. And like the whole time that she's over there, you know, getting what she needs for the spell so they don't freeze to death. The other girl's just like, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm like, okay, really calm down, first of all. Not that I would have enjoyed doing it at any point, but, you know, it's not like it's her killing somebody, thank God. But I'm worried. I'm worried that this is not a good group, and Julia may go further down the rabbit hole than we want. It is very, very possible. Because Marina apparently has ties into the college. Or as we find out, once they do escape, that she is the head witch, a level 50 head witch of the group. The head hedge witch? Say yeah. that a couple times, <laughs> Yeah, that'd be a real... T- Tongue twister. Yeah, I just didn't like her attitude either. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, I'm not liking this group Julia's fallen into. Julia, what is wrong with you? Uh, yeah, you're... I don't know. I think they're both at, at great risk right now. That's true. Now, of course, Quentin should have some backup, maybe. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, it's possible where Julie is going to be by herself and is so... She's at the bottom of the totem pole and a couple of them are all the way at the top. And But she's so eager, which kind of makes me worried, too. Yes. And we find out that Penny's girl happens to be the contact that... Eliza has. Yes, because she's stealing stuff from the school. Now, how does nobody notice this at the school? (laughs) I don't understand. I don't either. You would think they would keep a very uh, tight uh, control, inventory control on those ingredients. but, uh, But it was books that she was stealing most recently. Right. I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of everything that Liza wants from the college. But for all we know, they're good guys. Yeah, we don't know yet. I just don't like them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they could be trying to help the beast break through totally, but we don't know. So, what are your thoughts of what's to come? Well, I don't think we're going to get much in the way of uh, seeing the beast for a while there's got to be some 
learning going on quickly. Now, it did surprise me. Quentin and Penny had their confrontation, and Quentin remembered seeing something that um, Penny's girl did, and he tried it. If it wasn't for the little uh, protection thing in his pocket, Penny would have been plastered against (laughs) something. Right. He'd have been seriously hurt. It bounces off him and just clobbers Quentin big time. Yeah, because he flew. Flew, yes. That gives me hope that, yes, there is. He's going to be powerful enough to... uh, make a difference when it's needed. He's just got to learn how to use it and how to bring it up. Okay. And But that was one thing that when we got Elliot's story is he made sure to point out to him that it the source of the power is the pain. Right. It's not just from happy thoughts and love. Right. So I think we'll probably spend the next couple of episodes seeing some angsty social stuff and some more learning of what's inside each of them. I'm interested to see what they all are able to kind of bring to the table. Right. And will it be Penny and his girl part of the team or will it be Elliot and that girl be part of the team Mm -hmm. from looking at it if girl is helping the Hedgewick witches and Penny's hearing the beast you kind of think those two could be turned pretty easily or at least have that potential yeah I, I can totally see that happening yeah, so I I think we'll probably end up having that turn of events here soon. Uh, I, and then Elliot and that other girl will have to step in. Okay, well, I can't say I disagree with you. I really can't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Unfortunately. I, yeah. mean, I, I, I mean, we really don't know yet. I mean, it... They've given us enough to be interested and be curious to see where they're going with it. Mm -hmm. But as far as really being able to put a good theory out there... (laughs) I'm just hoping that it's not... Well, it already hasn't been Monster of the Week, so I like that it's an, an arc. Right. We're finding stuff out, they're learning things, and we're having an arc. So right now we know the, basically the big bad is the beast. Right. We just don't know how quickly we're going to get anything from it. Right. So, obviously I'm hoping that it's not one of these, because it's 13 episodes this season. Yes. I'm hoping it's not this huge build-up and, okay, we're going to tidy it up in 10 minutes. <laughs> I don't think so. Because, you know, there's shows that do that. Yes, and I've talked are. about them. Yes, we have. So I want the build-up and the crescendo and all the words that I don't really know right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then going into the rest of the, the seasons. 
I'm right. hoping they get all six. Yeah. That'd I'd be cool, cool with that. Yes. And, yes, I want to learn more about our little group. We have the four that did the spell. We have Elliot and, um, crap, Monica. <laughs> I'm making up names now. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so basically we have like six at break bills plus Julia. Right. And I'm hoping we learn more about them and somehow we manage to have them merge into one big group that's on the side of good. <laughs> that might be a very interesting Scooby gang. It would be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I look forward to more episodes here on Sci-Fi Talk for the magicians. Squee! Indeed, indeed. Yeah, you guys are going to get real tired of us real quick because we got so many good shows coming up. <laughs> Hopefully you don't get tired of us. But if anybody out there wants to join us at any point, too, please shoot us a message because, right. first of all, if you send us email, we will read it on air. So if you have a theory, we want to hear it. If you want to be part of the podcast, shoot us an email because we'll happily have you on and talk about yes. it. And if you've listened to Sean and any of Sean and I's pod, previous podcasts, you know that that's true. Yes. Because we've had many, many guests on many of the shows we've podcasted on. Because that's what we want to talk about. We're all fans. That's right. We want to interact with you. <sighs> so... Don't forget to rate us and re- let's try that one again. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Good ratings help other people find us on iTunes. Tell your friends and family and everybody who you know that likes the show. And hopefully everybody can listen and enjoy the podcast along with you. And of course, we're on a few other places you can find us. We're on Podomatic. Um, we're on Google Play. We are somewhere else that I'm blanking. <laughs> um, we're on Hollow 9 Network. Um, That's right. We're syndicated over there. And I believe we're pushing it onto YouTube for our podcasts as well. Yes. So there's a lot of ways to find Fangirl Zone. And, of course, fangirlzone.com. Steve, I feel like I'm forgetting something. Oh, the Facebook page. Yep. Which is Fangirl Zone. I know, creative, I know. Um, so different. Uh, when I'm tweeting the shows, I'm at Jetta528. 528. Oh, good grief. (laughs) And Steve is oftentimes tweeting with me at the same time. Yes. You can tell him where you are, Steve. I am at Salyer Steve. And, uh,. We look forward to hearing from you guys. So, please, 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 fangirlzonepodcast at gmail.com. I want to know somebody else is out there, like, geeking out about this, just the same as I am. And really, if anybody has read these books, let me know, because I would love to have somebody on who's read the books to talk about the differences or how much better it might be, because that's possible. Mm -hmm. Normally, I have to say I like the books more, but... There are some shows that have done the books great justice. So, all right. So I think that's it for our our episode of 
the magicians. And I think we should be signing off this week. All right. This is Steve. Talk to you soon. This is Sean Fangirl S. And until next time. <laughs>